What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Geek Scott Game, the Geek versus all video game talk show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josiah Leroy. And with me today, as always, my right-hand man, Mr. Jeff Pavlock. What's up, Jeff? The other ho-host. The other ho-host. That's what it sounded like you said. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me say it more clearly then. Co-host. Okay. Well, and Lindy's found a friend. So, uh, Lindy is a dog. Lindy is a dog. And Lindy is a dog, and he barks at things and growls at things. He does. He's going to want to go out. I, I mysteriously will leave. And you won't even know I'm gone to go let him out while Jeff is talking during the episode. It's amazing how that works. It is amazing. You can, it's like clockwork. So, lots happening. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We finally gotten our first look at the game. Don't worry. So, Lindy's barking. It's not showing up on okay. the waves, which is good. Because uh, he's got a pretty deep bark there. And right? I was thinking. It's big bark for a 45-pound dog. Yeah. Uh, but Star Wars Fallen uh, Jedi Fallen Order, we finally got a first look. Star Wars Celebration, what a weekend. My goodness gracious. Uh, first off, you know, I, so I'm on the way home from work, and I'm thinking, like, who, who's the biggest jabroni in my life? <laughs> who's just, you know, <laughs> who's the biggest son of a gun I know? It's Austin Bruner. Yeah. So it, yeah. I'm in another Slack chat with, I mean, think about this, I'm in two Slack chats with Bruner. You poor thing. Sounds like hell, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that is for our Fantasy Hockey League. Uh, that we've been in for five years now. By the way, I got to the finals, runner-up, won some nice money, didn't take it home, but it's okay. Anyway, Bruner, um, he's posted pictures on Facebook recently. He, he kind of looks like he's trying to be a model. He's got the the kind of long hair, the beard, the intense look. This one, he's like looking out into well, the distance. Well, didn't he do this because he got his hair cut? Like, I know he got a lot chopped off. I don't know why he did it. Oh, okay. Any, well. any way you slice it, it's it's wrong. Okay. It's Bruner. Well, so, Bruner running his mouth in, in Slack about coming to, to Nickel City. And he's like, no, I'm not going to come to Nickel City. Screw you guys. Hate you, Josiah. So, everybody in that channel, except for me, I haven't done it yet, made that picture of Bruner, their profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, we have to look twice. And it just looks like Bruner's talking all the way down. And I know he talks a lot, but it's not him. So like, just nobody responds to us. No, <laughs> it's hilarious. Just everyone is starting to make like a variation of the picture now. Like some people have it upside down, some people have reversed it. It's it's priceless. I would but add uh, like a really obnoxious black mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so I I got to thinking just like you know he's he's it the the answer to the biggest jabroni probably in your life as well. Yeah, he's up there. He's yeah. He's a numero uno for me. So, Bruner, if you're listening, you suck. That's all there is to it. If you don't know, Austin Bruner is a longtime former member of the Geekiverse who's he's just, he's a, he's ginger. He's, he's, he always runs his mouth. He's, he's just this guy you love to hate and you hate to love. We because swear we're great friends with him. Sometimes. It <laughs> depends who you ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really depends who you ask. But anyway, I digress. So, we'll, we'll start today's episode as we do. All episodes of Geek Scott Game with what is in your system, uh, Jeff? What are you playing right now? What's uh, what's in your Switch? I uh, I decided to pop Arms back into my Switch because I oh. really wanted to try it out with the Pro Controller. Which interesting. I've, which ever since Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out, I have decided that I am exclusively using the Pro Controller, regardless of the game that it is for Switch. I I'm uh, with you. I I can't go back. And yeah, I I just can't go back to the Joy Cons for anything, whether it be a competitive multiplayer game, even just a single player. I just I really <laughs> really like the feel of the Pro Controller, um, and I had never played it when I was playing Arms when that first released, uh, which is now almost two years old. Amazingly, I was just gonna say two year yeah. anniversary. Exactly. 
Um, but I want to try it out with the Pro Controller. Um, and it it it's a little bit of an improvement from the Joy-Cons. Not in the way that going from the motion control to the Joy-Cons was, because that's, that's a night and day difference. Um, in my opinion, the motion controls are just not a viable way to play the game. So going from the motion controls to the Joy-Cons was basically a completely different game. Um, going from the Joy-Cons to the Pro Controller now, only a little bit of an improvement. I haven't played it, but beta brought it over like at launch um, uh well it wasn't a launch game what's that that wasn't a launch well game. i mean at launch of the game itself. Oh, okay, so at bad. the game's release my he bad. he brought it over we had um we had a few podcasts to do and that was one game he brought uh, i never ended up getting my hands on it but uh it was it was popular did you get your arms on it? I, I got nothing I, on I it. Know, why did I say that? that I was can't so believe stupid. it. Oh, that was so stupid. It's I'm okay. Sorry. It's okay, Pavlok. Um, listen, I'm I'm the king of bad dad jokes over here, so yeah, anything you I, say is fine. I'm not a dad. I don't have an excuse. It, it, just, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's all fun. I'm a god dad. That's it. <laughs> you are a god dad. Um, it's like the interim coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that much prestige. I, I don't want to insult. I was going to say like Ron Ralston, but you know, <laughs> you've got your garden gloves. Um, I'm gonna get kicked out for Ted Nolan. <laughs> oh, that's that's awkward. So, anything else? Nah, I'm just arms. Yeah, I'm getting ready for Mortal Kombat 11. That's so, I haven't played a lot of video games lately. Like I've been in like this brutal hiatus. However, made a night of it a few days ago and played through the the last two DLC packs for Spider-Man PS4. Uh, yes. Man, I love that game. I come back and it takes you maybe a, a fight or two to kind of get get back into the swing of things. No pun intended. And man, we are on a roll. Oh tonight. my gosh, it's <laughs> unbelievable. And it is. It's just so much fun. The combat's so fluid. You get into the groove. It reminds me again so much of what I loved about the free flow combat in the Arkham games, where you just you get these seventy, eighty, ninety multi multipliers just because you're you you've unlocked at this point almost all of the moves that he possibly has all the gadgets the special abilities powers and um i gotta say the story in all three of the spider-man uh, it's the city that never sleeps the three of them they they were all very good they were all not just tacked on filler content where a lot of times story dlc is not uh not the strongest this was pretty good this was worth it was it was twenty five dollars to get all three packs, so that's in addition to the sixty dollars I spent on the the original game, and I'm just working on going one hundred percent for it right now. About how many hours do you think you dumped into the DLC? So I would say each DLC pack, you could probably do the main story each in two hours, maybe two and a half hours. But if you tried one hundred percent each of the three respective, so there's all these side missions in the yeah. city and like crimes you can stop, right. items to find. Uh, probably closer to five a piece, if not okay. six hours, depending on how good you are. So you're looking at anywhere from 15 to 18 hours of content. It's pretty good, I think. Um, it, it doesn't feel stale. It continuously feels fresh. So I, I that's like the as perfect of a DLC pack as I can think of. Uh, and I don't buy a lot of DLC. Right. Um, but this one, yeah, sign me up. So that's all I've been doing Um I, I've got to get back to some other games here. Hoping, uh, hoping in the next few weeks. I, I think the next game I'm probably... I don't know if Rage 2 is going to be the game I pick up, but definitely uh, Crash Team Racing. So we're, we're just a few months away from that. Um, P- 
picks of the month. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on, on this one. Days Gone is out there, but uh, I'm going to let you take over. What else here? Mortal Kombat. Yeah, is, uh, I, I already spoiled my, my pick. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm really pumped for this one. How far back do you go with the Mortal Kombat series? Play a little of each. Where where'd you jump in? I mean, I definitely I played the original from Genesis, and then the the infamous uh, censored version for Super Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I've I, I've stayed, I would say, familiar with the series. There was definitely a lull um, where the series kind of it, it you know releases weren't coming out as often. Um, the Game mechanics were kind of not becoming stale, but they just weren't evolving very much. And then the series um, definitely got a boost when there was the DC crossover, Mortal Kombat versus DC, a few years ago. Oh, super! Which popular. for sure led to the creation of Injustice. And then Mortal Kombat definitely took off again once Mortal Kombat 10 came out. Um, I think that's four years ago now. So that was kind of like the was it really? Yeah. I was looking oh, up the other day because I was wondering what the what the gap was between eleven and ten, and ten was about four years ago. Feels I, like I yesterday. Confirm, yeah, yeah, no, it really does. But you're right. You're um, right. Yes, 2015. That I it, it's it's funny because it felt like there was like two. It felt two years ago to me when no, they announced. This, I was thinking the same thing. The sequel. I was like, okay, eleven. I was like, okay. I mean, you no, know, this is cool, but I, it felt like ten had just come out. Yeah, I was uh, I was way off on that. Maybe maybe it's because there was a, a fair amount of DLC characters in Mortal Kombat 10, and some really cool ones too. Like they had the Predator in there. There there were some cool guys in there, like like non Mortal Kombat characters, like character almost like how Soul Calibur does. How Soul Calibur brings in um, you know, guys from The Witcher. Yeah, you had Link in there on the GameCube. You've had Spawn on there. I love how Soul Calibur does that. It's oh, like it's, it's so one cool. central character. SEO typically, was in there yeah. in one of them. Kratos was in the PSP one, I think. It's always been a good character that fits the series, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Which is no, not they, always easy to do from different yeah. IPs. You know, Geralt of Rivia. That name escaped just me for perfect. Some stupid reason. It's just so perfect, that. though. It, it, like to bring him in, like at the time when The Witcher is like. I don't think we've seen peak popularity for Witcher yet. Yeah, but I mean, not an, we can't say that until we see what the show does. Right. Well, you know, if that show takes off, then that will be peak Witcher popularity. And so, in Poland, where it stems from, it's um, it's popular in terms of being a, a novel. Oh yeah. First. Yeah. Over a video game, it's, which here we know it as a video game more so. Yeah, that's like a literary treasure over there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually believe that. President Obama was given a copy of it when he first visited Poland That's or, during, cool. or during one of his visits to Poland. Like that is really cool. It is extremely well regarded over there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really awesome yeah. to think about. And you get the President of the United States that as a gift. That that story has to mean something to that country. I always love when gift. video games, whether it's the actual game itself or maybe just the, the universe that it exists in. So The Witcher as a video game, and then you've got the novel. I love when there's publicity behind something like that. Just it always feels like one more check mark for video games making the the big time. Yeah, which we don't need any justification on it. Games are huge. They're a huge medium, arguably the biggest out there. When you look at uh, games, TV, movies, anything on screen, um, and it's just it's it's exciting to see. It's uh, validation, I guess, that is not necessary, but it's 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 good. We don't hear about it enough. We don't hear about so it enough. It's always yeah, like definitely. I appreciate whenever I get to see it. So 
next segment here, honoring the past, uh, what we do typically uh, uh, once a month on the show, we'll look back at games from 10 and 20 years back. So obviously that puts us in 2009 and uh, 1999. Uh, this, for, so for April, April 99 and 2009, not... Uh, not bustling months here. I guess April usually isn't. No, spr- <laughs> in this game. spring, you know, years ago and or decades ago in this case was different from spring for video games now. I'm gonna say 2012 was like a turning point for spring, only because I remember that year as Mass Effect 3 coming out in March. Okay, yeah, I was wondering what 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 uh what the impetus what, was. That? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at with that. But anyway. Uh, if we go back, uh, take your pick. What do you want to do, 99 or, or 2009 yeah, first? Well, let's start 99. All right. So, two, or, uh, 1999, excuse me. Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, do the exact opposite. I should have just went with it. Yeah, yeah. In public, what do you want to do? 99. Okay, so 2009. <laughs> 1999, Pokemon Stadium. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that would be our relationship. Yeah, oh, That's totally, how it is. Totally. So... Um, the red wire or the blue the blue wire? <laughs> blue, okay, red, boom. Speaking of my relationship, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. It has no relation to video games at all. But something that we knew was coming, we got a picture of a few weeks ago. Rush Hour 4, baby! Cannot wait. Woohoo! Rush Hour 4, we got a picture from Chris Tucker's Instagram, right? Yes. Uh, or Facebook, one of the two. It was one of his social media accounts, though. Him and Jackie Chan holding up the four sign. So we knew uh, that Rush Hour 4 was in talks. It was about to be in development. I, I wonder if they were just like coming from the meeting where they signed. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but <laughs> signed the contract. I, oh, man. Rush Hour is one of the great joys in any sort of geekdom for me and, and Jeff. Uh, oops, some pump. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that noise? Anyway, Rush Hour. Uh, what, what would you say your favorite Rush Hour is without getting into it? I've got one in my head. That's really tough to choose. I, I have a guess for you. I, you know what, though? I'd probably just go with the original. I knew it! Yeah. I knew it! I think I'd just See, go with the original. you're an original kind of guy. Yeah. So Rush yeah. Hour 2 is it for me. But I do love all three of them. Same. I would go 2, 1, 3. So you'd probably go 1, 2, 3 in terms of top to bottom right Sure. Now. Yeah. Um, I had a feeling it was 1 for you. I just, I don't know why. I think Maybe I Maybe it's because you the liked the Batman Begins best. Maybe. I feel like maybe two made me laugh the most, but maybe one I enjoy is just an overall package. Fair enough. Um, it's a good origin yeah, story. It is, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's just, it's the one that, you know, started the whole saga. <laughs> the saga, I love it. And for those who don't know, Josiah and I have grown up on these movies. Oh my it gosh. one of the things that made us become friends in high school because we had that mutual love of the movies. We are so Jackie and Chris. That's the other thing. I mean, we see ourselves as a We look exactly content. like them as well. It's well, crazy. <laughs> I am, I, I'm not as tall as Chris Tucker. No, that's he is fair. actually a very tall And I am not as athletic as, uh, as Jackie. One of my favorite things was when Chris Tucker played in the NBA celebrity game during the NBA. Oh, All-Star my gosh. <laughs> I never and watched. he was actually pretty good. Did you ever watch the Chris Tucker special on Netflix? Yes, that is hilarious. I can't believe how, how funny it is. Just in Half of it is him screaming <laughs> well, because that's what's funny. I mean, that, that's, his, that's kind of his career in oh all honesty. Gosh. I, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. So Rush Hour 4, uh, if you're not following the Geekiverse on social media, go to facebook.com slash the Geekiverse. That's one reason right there for scoops like that that you may not have uh, seen elsewhere. But uh, anyway, yeah, 1999, speaking of, you know, Rush Hour was right around there. Pokemon Stadium. What yeah. can you tell us about Pokemon Stadium? Uh, well, that was the first, like, kind of console 3D 
battling Pokemon game that came out. There had been console Pokemons um, before that, most notably Pokemon Snap, but that was kind of the first one to release, especially North America, that where you could actually do the traditional turn-based battle system with your Pokemon. And, you know, 1999, this is the height of Pokemon hype. Um, the movies were starting to come out at that point. You were starting to get sequels to the original Red, uh, Red and Blue games from Game Boy. The card game was just blowing up overseas. This was when Pokemon was ar arguably at its eight, uh, apex in terms of po uh, popularity. So everyone was just so stoked to be able to grab the N64 controller and play Pokemon on the big screen, seeing Pokemon like Blastoise and Charizard in 3D. Every little kid's dream at that point. It's funny that we talk about it being so popular because here we are, 20 years later, Pokemon Go is still it's popular. Yeah. It, it, it's not what it was, but it's still very popular. I can't believe the amount of friends I have that still play it. Uh, and then we're getting the Detective Pikachu movie in a month. Yeah. A month from this week. That's right. Which looks great. And then Pokemon Sword and Shield later this year on the Switch. Seems like the Switch's big holiday title. It's, yeah, it's just, uh, it's it's funny how... The way the series has endured. Yeah. It's really impressive. It's It just blew up at one point then, thanks to Pokemon Go. It really did, and and not that it needed like a, a revival, but that was just taking it to to new levels, uh, I think. So it, it, that was the only game notable, I think, for us back in 1999 for that month. Yeah. Uh, if we fast forward ten years, we go to 2009. Um, there was nothing from the list that we thought was notable. However, there was a port, so we'll mention it. Uh, it was Braid, uh, which is one of the most popular Xbox 360 arcade games ever. It debuted on the 360 arcade in August of the previous year, 2008, and was ported to Windows in April of 2009. And then it's on, it's basically on every system ever now. Uh, so you can get it just uh, wherever you need to. But that, um, that was one of the games that kind of. I think paved the way for the not just the Xbox 360 arcade to be very popular. Remember those summer of arcade titles? Those were so much fun. Um, but indie titles to kind of become a thing. You didn't need to be a AAA uh, release or a big name studio to have a video game that was popular anymore. And in a lot of cases, some of those smaller bite-sized entries, uh, these smaller teams that work on games are more popular than what you see in the mainstream. Yeah. And less of a risk, by the way, because there's less money in terms of a budget. Oh, yeah. Uh, from a studio perspective, that is. So Braid, uh, I think, kind of paved the way for a lot of that. I'd agree with that. Uh, but that was it. It was all, unfortunately, all that we uh, we kind of came up with for I those. I do remember... Uh, oh, I'm Chronicles, sorry, you did have one. Chronicles of Riddick Assault on Dark Athena, um, which was a really cool game. And it's just, it's so cool, like, uh, Vin Diesel is a huge gamer. Um, also a very, very proud geek nerd, whatever you want to call him. I know he's a he's a Dungeons and Dragons fan, but he's a huge gamer, and he's always even before video game became more mainstream, um, especially with all this like geek culture going mainstream. Like he was always an advocate for video games as a legitimate art form, and it was cool back in the day because the Riddick games were such high quality licensed titles long before you saw um 
video games doing well. Like back in the day when you saw a licensed title, whether it was based off a comic book, superhero, other uh, sci-fi franchise, they were they were really a punchline because so few were very good back then. It was always a running gag that you know if it if a game was based off another property, it was just a cheap cash in that there was no. There was no artistic merit or game design merit there. And in a lot of cases, that was true. It was. It absolutely was. But not all of them. Not all of them, certainly. Just um, had a bad the, cloud hanging over yeah, it. Yeah, and the Riddick games were two that really, really stood out as high-quality games back then that even if you didn't know the Riddick franchise, you could appreciate these games for how well-designed they were. And, yeah. And, and Vin Diesel always lent his likeness, his voice to the games for the Riddick character. Like I said, it's really cool how how much of an advocate he's been for video games over the years. Those Reddit games honestly were um, they they were popular to a degree. Um, I don't know if it was like you want to say cult following with them, but like they they to had extent, their following yeah. for sure. Um, so it's good to 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 see a movie or uh, a game based off of a movie succeed, even though we're talking you know ten years ago. And it's I always think of. Games um, like the the Amazing Spider-Man actually was a decent game. One of the last games I can think of actually that was based off of a movie uh, tie-in. And then before that, uh, Batman: Arkham Asylum was actually supposed to be a tie-in with The Dark Knight. It was supposed to be the Dark Knight video game. Ah. And basically, Rocksteady was like, "It's not going to work. We need more time. This is what we want to do instead." And Lo and behold, here we are. And that's when Rocksteady was pretty much a no-name studio. That was Correct. before, like that was like their first major project that Wait, put them into what, the. What are they working on? I know, right? We have to find out. It's coming at E3 someday. I hope, right? maybe. <laughs> How <laughs> could we say, not? Uh, granted, I've been saying that for what I what feels like three or four years now. Arkham Knight was 2015. It's coming, don't worry. We got to see it, and then we don't. So, Arkham uh, Knight was 2015. Let's I go, know. Rocksteady. I know. This is getting old. I love you, though. But come on! <sighs> All right. Any uh, Anything else on uh, Chronicles of Riddick or any, any other 2009 April video game? Nah, I'm good on that end. Sounds good. Uh, I was going to say, tell us some of your, your favorite past video games, you the listener, but I, I you know, we'll, we want to keep it to April of those years, so there's probably not anything in there, so we'll skip that this time around. But uh, we're going to get to the news here in just a second, run down a few news items. First off, we want to mention uh, the Geekiverse is a, a main sponsor, a primary sponsor of Nickel City Con, which is Western New York's premier Comic Con. Um, it's one of the, the best cons in the region. We've got to say we've been happy to be a part of it for the last few years now. It's run by Dave and Adams, which is a local uh, card store, basically. They, they've got comics. They've got jerseys. They're big backers of the Sabres and Bills here. Um, May 17th through the 19th at the Buffalo Niagara Convention Center. You can get tickets right now at nickelcitycon.com. Go get a three-day pass. You will not regret it. Uh, there's going to be a lot going on throughout the weekends. Uh, we'll be there. We'll be selling our merchandise. We'll be debuting our fifth anniversary T-shirt as well. Awesome. More details on that uh, awesome. soon that I can't Love talk about right away. However, uh, that being said, we'll be there. You'll hear... Pete's voice over the the PA. Don't let that deter you, though. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Um, A few surprises for the weekend, and then we'll be hosting some of the panels as well. Uh, Jeff and I each have panels that we are hosting, uh, so we'd we'd appreciate if you came on down. Each day we're actually hosting trivia as well, uh, in Studio B, we call it. So get your tickets now at nickelcitycon.com. Proud sponsor of the event. The news. Um, 
just three items on the, on the list here. I know we, we missed last episode. That's my fault. Uh, I had to go get a new car, so that's all on me. But anyway, Borderlands 3 is finally official. Uh, so Gearbox has made this official at PAX East uh, just a few weeks back. We don't know a release date. We don't that's know, fine. We don't know which systems it's for. That's fine. And we get a nice gameplay teaser out of it, uh, which you can see online now. But think about this. Gearbox released Borderlands 2 in 2012. So we've almost skipped an entire console generation. Yeah, seven, uh, you know, seven year gap. We did get the, uh, and that's assuming it's out this year. True, yeah. Uh, could be a longer gap. <laughs> but we did get uh, the pre-sequel, which people hated that name. Um, I, I've never been a huge Borderlands guy. I played uh, a good chunk of the first one. This is definitely a game meant to be played with friends. It's it's a co-op game. Uh, I love the Borderlands style, the the art direction of it. I've always thought that that was fascinating. Yeah. My only true Borderlands experience, other than that first one, and I own the second game too, uh, but I've never played it, is Tales from the Borderlands, which was by Telltale Games, which was, believe it or not, a story-based game based on the Borderlands. I think it was five episodes. It was five or six, but it was one of the, my favorite Telltale games that I, I played throughout the years, which is saying a lot when you had The Wolf Among Us, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so I'm excited. I, I think I, I wonder if this hits in time for this generation. If they're not telling us which consoles it's coming on or systems, that makes me think that it's going to be a PS5 uh, next-gen yeah, yeah, Xbox yeah. game. Yeah. That I happens th- a lot. I never thought of that. Do you think it's going to be maybe multi-generational? Possibly. Do you see it coming to Switch? Uh, I'm going to say no on that. Just It's be- a big world. Just, yeah, just because of how expansive that in-game world always is. I mean, you think about how huge Borderlands 2 was and just how many ridiculous number of options there were for your weapons and your items and your equipment. Now, just basically magnify that a thousandfold for this sequel. <laughs> this game's going to be enormous and just have a litany, an absolute litany of options. Yeah, I... Uh, Are you sure these mics aren't picking up a barking dog upstairs? I it, It's not showing any waves, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be picking it up in the All background. Right. So sorry about that. Uh, clearly there's a, a dog or someone or something passing by the house. I don't know. Lindy, Lindy's a loud guy. Um, so I have you played any of the Borderlands? Got your hands on them at yeah. all? Uh, what do you think in terms of shooting mechanics of it. I, I was always told Borderlands 2 was better. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's not a traditional shooter. There's a lot of, like, RPG elements in there. Tons of weapons. So it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have um, maybe, like, the precision or the intensity of a you know, dedicated first-person shooter. Um, but then that's made up for with the just bountiful, endless options that you have there. For your equipment, your weapons, and even your attack strategies, for that matter. I very open, a very very open ended franchise. Just uh, being excited, I guess, to to see more big name releases like this. Um, even if I don't particularly play it, something I've come to enjoy over the years is people being passionate about a, uh, a specific IP, even if I'm not. So I appreciate people's passion for Game of Thrones. Let's say. Which is you know debuting this week for the or just debuted this week I should say, I couldn't care less about it, but I'm happy that other people find enjoyment out of it. 
and just as well as I'm sure people feel the same about some of the, the franchises I enjoy. So that's where I'm at with Borderlands 3. I agree 100%. Um, two. This is, uh, oh man, I don't know if this is my favorite item of the three, but might be uh, tied. Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, Youngblood. You got to play, by the way. You're behind. I know. All right, so Pavlok's been playing uh, my uh, original, what was the name of the, uh, not the, New Order? Yeah. New Order, yes. I was getting it mixed up with the second one. Uh, he's been playing on that. You were about to say the new classic. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, he's been playing on my, my Xbox One. Anyway, um, exciting stuff. Oh, well, we're stupid because they're both the new. It's New Order and the New Colossus. So. I always get that mixed up. Always. Like, it, it's it's brutal. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. So not a, quite a full release. Also not a new release. But uh comes out July 26th. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you had me going there for a second. I'm sorry. I was like, it again. is a new release, uh, by again. the way. If you're I, confused I know. I okay. know. I was so, going off yeah, the, I, the new. I almost called it New Blood. Thanks a lot. <laughs> So Wolfenstein Youngblood comes out July 26th on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. My favorite part about this is that when you buy the game, it, the deluxe edition specifically, you get a buddy pass. What's <laughs> a buddy? I, I'll explain once we go on. All right. I'm not going to be able to focus. So the game was showed off last year at E3. Uh, you're going to be one of BJ's twin daughters jess or soph uh against of course the nazis with either a friend or an ai companion uh wolfenstein young blood takes place in 1980s paris i i love the franchise sometimes it can be a little outlandish but that's what it's supposed to be uh all right what's uh what's on your mind here spill the beans well as excited as I am for this, and as much fun as I'm sure the game will be, it lands at a very unfortunate junction for me. I don't care! Because Fire Emblem Three Houses releases that day on the oh! Switch as well. Okay. And I I don't foresee any scenario where I play Wolfenstein before Fire Emblem. Any scenario, he says, folks. I'm sorry. I don't see, yeah, any scenario whatsoever. <laughs> All right, all right. Sorry for it. So I'm going to buy the... All right, if you want to be my buddy pass, because I was reserving it for Jeff, let me know. Uh, find me on Twitter at Josiah D. Leroy. Um, I, you know, I was well, gonna are you going to play with some dude from Indianapolis? Come on. What, <laughs> just, what's the problem with Indianapolis, <laughs> Jeff? Not, not nothing in particular. I'm just saying you're going to play with some random Jamoke. Yeah, I'm going to play with some Jamoke. I'm still going to play it. Well, I, I can't wait forever. Well, so... I wanted to. I was gonna even get it for Switch. Well, we can play with our pro controls. Well, then hopefully Fire Emblem is only five hours long. Oh, I doubt which it. Is not gonna happen. <laughs> you and I both know that that is not the case. Um, all all kidding aside, I really like the Wolfenstein games. Um, you can check out my review for both of them. So we've been around long enough now <laughs> that at the Geekiverse I've reviewed both games. The New Order was one of my first uh, that I reviewed when that came out. And uh, these two games really reinvigorated this franchise, brought it to a new respectable level. And um, I, I like the premise of this. I like that they're continuing on BJ Blazkowicz's story. Everything about it says, yep, sign me up. Uh, it's going to be $39.99, I believe. I don't know what the deluxe edition is going to cost, but I got to imagine probably $60. Yeah, it, well, it's kind of like the old blood was. You know, it, it's a sequel, but it's not 
it didn't have quite the same number of resources dumped into it. That's where I was thinking of old. Right. I was like, it wasn't old Colossus? No, it was new Colossus and old blood. Thank goodness they got... So now they're putting in young. No, oh, I just realized that. I didn't even... It just hit me. Oh, it slapped me in the si- face. The symmetry. Oh, my gosh. So that's uh, that's coming out late July. Let us know if you're going to be playing Fire Emblem or that. Or if you're a nice guy and you're or, or girl and you're going to play both. Because that's the right thing to do. Are you going to leave your friend hanging? Let us know. I'm just kidding. Who needs to go outside during the summer? You don't need to go outside. <laughs> you can with well, your Switch. Yeah, that's true. Now that I think about it, you're right. You can have the best of both worlds. Uh, item number three on the list. I'm a big fan of this. I don't own any any sort of VR device, but Marvel's Iron Man to arrive exclusively on PlayStation VR 2019. So we got Spider-Man PS4, PS4 exclusive. We got, or we're going to get Iron Man. I'm sensing a trend here, and Sony is doing a good thing in getting some of these Marvel titles locked up, let me tell you. So uh, this was just announced a few weeks back, and of course you play as Tony Stark, I uh, Jeff and I talked pre-show. Neither of us are huge VR people. It's not enough of a killer app to make us go, you know, pick up a VR device. But this looks cool. What are your initial thoughts on it? It's uh, not enough to sway you to go pick up a device. But if you had VR or PSVR, you'd, you'd pick this item up probably. Yeah, more than likely. Because your favorite uh, MCU movie is the original Iron Man. It is. See, original again. Original. And your favorite Lord of the Rings is? The Fellowship of the Ring. (laughs) Do you see a pattern here? I'm noticing something. What's your favorite Star Wars? Oh, Return of the Jedi. Really? Yeah. So you said that like I should know it. Oh, I feel like I've mentioned that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you learned something new. I've known Jeff for 15 years now. Um, Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. That's a discussion for another time. (laughs) Uh, But uh, there's no... I don't think there's any release dates... uh, that I found for, for PSVR other than it's coming this year. So uh, one article that you may enjoy based on on this, I wrote up a proposed Marvel gaming universe. It's something Jeff and I are going to talk about next episode of Geek Scott Game, which takes place after Avengers Endgame. Oh, <sighs> boy. I just realized that yeah, yeah. based on the schedule. So uh, we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit, but uh, it seems like we're, we're getting a nice... Nice little mini-universe here. We've got uh, Crystal Dynamics, Avengers game that we still know nothing about. Another game that we better find out more about at E3. Uh, but tell us uh, what you think about Iron Man VR. Are you disappointed we're not getting a, a full Iron Man controller-based game? Uh, we'd love to hear from you on that. That's it for the news uh, for this episode. We're going to jump into Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I think it's a weird title. Because most Star Wars titles have Star Wars and then a colon. Yeah. This one is Star Wars Jedi. And then it's like the marketing department kind of dropped the ball on that. Right. Or, or there's two colons. Star Wars, Jedi, colon. Yeah. <laughs> Fallen Order. I know what you mean. You yeah. could throw a dash in there if you had to, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, we saw an article earlier on, on GameSpot that came out in March that uh, it's kind of a nice little... Oh, my gosh. I just X'd out of it. <laughs> How old <laughs> nice. am I? Um <laughs> it, it goes through some of the the better Star Wars games, and uh, Jeff and I are just going to run through the list pretty pretty quickly here as a, a little bit of a primer. But I'd love to hear from you, and, and maybe we'll put this on as a, a community question on our, our Facebook. 
just uh, what your favorite Star Wars game is. But uh, n- number one on the list is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, Knights of... It is Knights of the Old Republic. Why does it say this? GameSpot, you got an error in your article. Uh, 2003, this game came out. It's on every system available. I think I have it on my iPad. Uh, but you can get it. Um, you can download it on backwards compatibility on your Xbox One from the original Xbox days. I feel like if you owned an original Xbox, this was a game you had. Now this might come as a shock, Jeff, but I never beat that game. No kidding. No kidding. I uh, I did not, and um, I, that's something I'm working on this year is my backlog of Star Wars video games that you would not believe that I have not played. They're finished. Did you ever play it? <laughs> I'm about to eat some crow here, but I never beat it either. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy, folks. Uh, number two on the list. I, I love this game. My wife loved this game. Uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. This launched Lego video games. Um, it was an Xbox 360 game. It included, at the time, all six Star Wars movies. It was so much fun being able to play through those movies. Uh, the humor. This was before Lego games had uh, any dialogue. So all of the cutscenes were basically made with like funny noises from the Lego characters, uh, whereas nowadays they just rip the audio right from the movies. That is, to this day, my favorite Lego video game. And I heard a rumor today that a new Star Wars Lego video game is in the works. Gotta imagine that's going to be tied to maybe Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Um, this one I feel like is so underrated. It's Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Oh, uh, yeah. So basically, the premise was Darth Vader trains a a secret apprentice um, called Star Killer, which is great because that was the original name for Luke Skywalker, and of course brought back for Star Killer base in uh, the sequel trilogy. Uh, it had a, a sequel that was not so well received because the story was about four hours long, maybe four and a half. Woof. <laughs> yeah, it's really really not good. In, uh, in The Force Unleashed, there were two possible endings. You could, as Starkiller, basically go the path of the Jedi or go the path of the Sith. And whatever way you went influenced where you went into uh, Force Unleashed 2. And I even rem- remember reading this novel. Um, the Force Unleashed novel? Yeah. See, I read the comic. Um, and I, I thought it was a really good part of the expanded universe's lore. Oh, I like the story a lot. I think it was one of the better ones that we, we ended up losing, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I really like the story. Um, next on the list for GameSpot.com here, Angry Birds Star Wars. I do own this on my iPad. It was fun. I wouldn't list it as one of the best Star Wars games of all time, but, uh, you know, a good time waster, if you will. Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords. Um, I never played this game. Uh, I need to. I need to go through the first one first, but this is one that um, the the thing with this one was people always complain about not having a satisfying conclusion. Uh. I wouldn't know. I can't speak to it. But that era, I imagine, is where we're going for the the trilogy from the Game of Thrones showrunners that we're going to be getting. Uh, Kind of that old Republic era thousands of generations ago. Uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, 1998. Uh, um, again, a game I never played. That's it's maybe my favorite Star Wars game ever. You said earlier you could talk about a, a specific Star Wars game for a while. Was that the, the game? That was Ro- yeah. yeah, Rogue Squadron was awesome. Um, that um, That's really one of the first successful 
action aviation games that you see on home consoles back then. And it's just so cool to play as the X-Wing, you know, the Y-Wing. Um, you could play as the Millennium Falcon after you uh, uh, unlocked it. There's the legendary unlocking of the Naboo Starfighter. And keep in mind, this came out before oh, that's cool. Menace. That's really but cool. They, they stuck it in there as a secret, and then someone eventually found it. And when it was first, you know, discovered, it was still before Phantom Menace had come out, and people were like, "What the heck is this?" Can you imagine? Yeah, like, was, we just clamor for every sort of Easter egg we can so, get. Yeah, it was really cool back then. With you know, before the internet going, oh yeah, hog with all this stuff, and you know, back when if you wanted, you know, to really mess with the game, you use Game Shark. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. Good time oh, <laughs> yeah. for Adam and I. It was Cheat Code Central. Yeah, we used I remember Cheat Code. Yep, the hell out of that. I think it still exists. Uh, I, do I live religiously by Nintendo Power once a month? The magazine. Oh my gosh! Good times, man. Simpler That's retro. Times. <laughs> retro, if you will. Um, Star Wars Republic Commandos 2005. This is a quieter title in terms of press. But it came out on the original Xbox. This was a, a Games with Gold game for March. So I hope you downloaded it. Uh, I did. I can't wait to play that. Um, basically, you play a, a, a squad of clones. And you can play up to... I want to say it was up to four players co-op. I, I don't know that. But um, that is the next on my list of Star Wars backlog games to get to. Um, <clears throat> Star Wars The Old Republic, which is still going strong. They just announced a new expansion for that, and that uh, came out in 2011 now. It's kind of crazy to think. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that was a game I always desperately wanted to come to Xbox One and PS4, and I feel like it could have, but uh, I, I'm not sure why it didn't. I feel like it would have been popular. That's just me. So, uh, I'm so happy they included this game on the list. This is a game I did play the heck out of. It was Star Wars The Clone Wars. So this is before the animated series. This is before the Cartoon Network animated series even. Ah. So this is 2002. It coincided with the release of Attack of the Clones. And it had a really good story. It happens right after episode two. And it um, you play as, I want to say, I know it, Anakin at one point. Uh, there's a handful of characters you play as. I want to say... Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. I'm 99% Mace Windu at some point. Obi-Wan at one point. Um, so this is like pre-Ahsoka, though, entering that, that Star Wars canon. Uh, it was so much fun, and it had a nice multiplayer co-op. So you could basically go and blow each other up in all these different <laughs> Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, it is wonderful. <laughs> That is a game I would encourage you to go play. Uh, the cutscenes were really good. It was uh, Dooku was intertwined in the story. It, it just—it's one of my favorite memories of playing Star Wars games as a as a kid. They did mention Star Wars: The Force Unleashed too on here, which I disagree with in terms of best games ever. Uh, but go play it if you can get it cheap, which I'm sure you can. The one that started it all: Star Wars: Dark Forces in 1995. Uh, so this was the first first-person shooter set in the Star Wars <coughs> universe. Uh, PlayStation 1, I want to say. It doesn't list uh, what that was out for, but I'm 99% sure it was for that. And um, next on the list, it lists a game I did play a lot, Star Wars Battlefront, the original from 2004. This is the first time you get to play as uh, a Stormtrooper. Another exciting thing was that Tamora Morrison was uh, who we found out now is the dad of everything geeky. 
He's uh, he was Django Fett in the movies. He voiced Django Fett in all the the prequel clones. Um, so you can play in different eras during that game. And if I remember correctly, they had a, a single player campaign, but it wasn't like a a story. If if that makes sense, just a bunch of like missions and exactly. Gotcha. Um, which I would argue Star Wars Battlefront Two was much better because uh, it had a really really good narrative to it. But they did not list it on here. That's mind-blowing to me. A game I'm playing through right now, Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. This was, again, a Games with Gold game. Uh, you basically create your own Jedi. You're at Luke Skywalker's Jedi Temple, and Kyle Katarn is your master. And um, the gameplay is good. It actually holds up. The sound design's pretty good. I've got an Xbox uh, headset that is, is really nice from Turtle Beach. Um, and that's... Um, I, again, I believe that was Xbox exclusive. Last game on the list, <coughs> Star Wars Bounty Hunter. I played that one through numerous times. That was a PS2 and GameCube exclusive, I think. It did not come to Xbox. I remember that. But you were Django Fett leading up to the moment that he is recruited by Tyrannus, a.k.a. Count Dooku. So... It, you undertake all of these missions on this narrative that leads you to becoming the template for the clone army, which I think is one of the, again, one of the best narratives that we lost in the expanded universe. Um, so having a GameCube, did you play that one at all? I did not. That is a game that I would recommend any Star Wars fan going back to because being Jango Fett, uh, you know, an underrated character for me, I always preferred him to Boba Fett, um, was really, really cool. Ooh, be careful who you say that around. <laughs> Really? I mean, I don't care. Okay. I'm, saying other, say. I'm saying other people might care. Yeah, I like Django Fett a lot better. Uh, is what it is. Tomato, tomato, right? Depending <laughs> on who you say, no. No. <laughs> no I, I disagree. Yeah, depending on who the person you're with is, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. It is what it is. So the big, uh, the big news here, uh, leading up to where we are in Star Wars video games, we finally got some information on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn Entertainment. That's Vince Sampella, the, the team behind Titanfall 1 and 2, uh, Apex Legends, and uh, some of the early Call of Duty games. They've uh, got a really, really good track record. Yes, they do. Like, we're, it's just about as stellar as you could get. Single player only, which is what we're all hoping for. We'll leave the multiplayer stuff to Battlefront and all that, uh, right. whatever else. Um, takes place right after Episode 3. You are uh, basically a Jedi apprentice on the run. And I love everything about the premise of this game because I feel like it's something that we haven't seen before. We had Starkiller in the Force Unleashed who had to be secretive, but Darth Vader was your apprentice. You weren't being hunted. You were the hunter. Here, like... Inquisitors are hunting you. Yeah. That you see in Star Wars Rebels, you see in the comics, you see in the novels. And uh, you basically you have to be cons- conspicuous. You can't use your force powers in public. I think that's unbelievable. I think it'll be a cool way to fill the gap that Force Unleashed previously held before the Disney acquisition. The, and when I say that gap, I mean in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yeah. So, you know, what happened immediately after Order 66 played out? Well, here you go. You know, that was kind of lost with the, you know, the Legends retcon. But I, I think this will be really cool now to fill that gap there, narrative-wise. It's uh, So we did get a release date. Uh, it is coming out November 15th for PS4 and Xbox One. 
I really like it when a game is announced only a few months in advance. Like I, I feel like we need to see more of that rather than a game is announced and then you don't see another bit of it for another two years, which yeah. is becoming just more and more commonplace, I feel like. Oh, for sure. So Even I, with movies. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, this was the first real imagery we've gotten, except for our leak, of episode nine. Uh, I And I think, so like Force Awakens, for example, we got a, a trailer for it or a teaser, if you will, 13 months before it came out and i think that those days are done yeah and i like that i like that they're they're waiting um i think it just it helps build anticipation um one of my favorite parts of this whole project is not even just that it's it's going to be from the titanfall developers but that cameron monaghan is going to star in this game as kale Uh, so cameron monaghan uh, you know him from shameless and for me i know him from gotham he plays jerome Who's really uh, the, the the Joker, and or Jeremiah as he's now known? I should known as I should say, he uh, had tweeted something a few years ago about wanting to play Kyle Katarn in a movie, a Star Wars movie. So he always thought that would be the coolest thing. He grew up with that and never was going to get the chance to because they wiped that away. <laughs> well, this is a pretty good opportunity. He basically gets to carve his own path, be his own character, and I think he's the most unique-looking character to me since Starkiller, maybe, in terms of lightsaber wielders that you get to play in a video game. It's been a while. We've had a lot of multiplayer-based games. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. You know, we've gotten characters like Ahsoka, maybe, but in in TV. But to actually be able to control this character, this uh, this is unique. I knew from the second I saw him, and then he opens his mouth for for the dialogue in the trailer, and I, I was I was blown away. Um, Vince talked about the game at Star Wars Celebration, and said a lot of it um, is kind of finding out and attacking the right strategy for the villain you're gonna. Go. He said this is not a button masher, which I thought um, they they called it. I think thoughtful, thoughtful combat. Is, is maybe how he referred to it as. Uh, it, which shows that they've put a lot of care into this. And I think as a Star Wars fan, it's going to be important. Don't okay. you think? Oh, for sure. Um, as opposed to jumping into, here, here's another 100 stormtroopers or battle droids that I'm going to have to go fight. Yeah, because then you're just getting like a Dynasty Warriors kind of hack and slash thing where you know strategy, precision, maybe isn't even necessary. Y- you want to feel a challenge and you want to feel like you have to maximize the abilities of your character to their fullest. Just that sense of accomplishment then. Yeah. With the Jedi, you just get such a wide array of different powers and abilities that will be a blast to play as if they're properly implemented. Playing as a Jedi is cool, man. It's yep. just and the other thing is he, fun. Absolutely. But he's um he's not really a full Jedi, which makes it better. Yeah. So he's got room to to grow. So maybe more melee combat. Perfect way for him to progress then over the course of the game. Exactly. They've set themselves up, I think, with a nice narrative. Um, What did you think of the trailer? Uh, So the reveal. Yeah, I like the trailer a lot. Um, uh, I really liked the sequence where he he, he saves some kind of friend of his on the ship that's falling apart because i get the sense from that that that's kind of like the moment where he's like he's no longer able to keep his powers a secret and that's kind of like the oh done 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 moment 
where it, it becomes public knowledge then that he is a Jedi or some kind of force user. Whereas before he was keeping, he was forced to keep it a secret for so long. Yeah. And then, you know, the cat's out of the bag there. And then maybe that's what sends him running from the empire. I, um, I, I think they said themselves, uh, they chose a, a nice arrow for this, meaning obviously they had to craft that narrative for that time. But, um, I think we'll get into the time between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens once Rise of Skywalker is done. So we know where things are going, right? So we yeah, can't... Yeah, yeah, okay. Once J.J. Abrams locks in this this arc and completes the Skywalker saga, then they can start kind of filling in the blanks with, with some of the stuff in the 30 years. That's a big time frame. We only got 10 years, or 20 years, excuse me, between episode 3 and 4. So there's a lot to cover there, and I'm excited for what they're going to do with it. We do know the Mandalorian takes place between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, so we're going to start to to see that a little bit. So that's exciting. Well, um, it's just it's the nature of prequels, and there's kind of an irony to it because even though a prequel takes place before a established story, most often a prequel exists to tap into the familiarity that somebody already has mm-hmm. with the property. Like if you watch a prequel without watching what it's a prequel to, a lot of the references and allusions to the eventual future, future property don't resonate with you. Yeah, I so agree. It's kind of that irony that, you know, it's telling a story that takes place before a story you already know about, but you really only can appreciate what it's implying and what it's alluding to unless you've already seen what it precedes. And uh, there's there's a nice little bit of a, a blank canvas with Star Wars uh, right now just because of even just a few years back, Disney kind of wiping the slate clean. Um, and that's that can be energizing, I think, because you feel like you don't have to go find all the, the hidden lore and the references and the books that you missed over the years. There was so much to follow there if was. you were... And they couldn't yeah. possibly have have kept all of that and made it a worthwhile investment. Yeah. Um, and I think they've done a fine job overall with it. Um, so th- the main villain in the game is the second sister, who is from the Inquisitors. If you are familiar with uh, some of the comics lo- uh, lore that has come out recently, or uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is really cool. <laughs> That's where they went in terms of direction. I do love the sequence in the trailer where she jumps on the ship that Kale is trying to escape on, I would imagine, and she's controlling basically the the lever inside. Take a look at it. Again, she's on the outside like using the force basically to to bring that ship down. Um, I think we're going to get some some nice epic moments in this. I always think back to Star Killer pulling down a star destroyer. I was thinking the exact same moment yeah. just now. Um I I think you need stuff like that. Uh, for it to be iconic, for it to really resonate with with fans to a point. Um, Let's see here. I'm just kind of going through some of the notes I had on it. Um, One other thing I wanted to mention, it's not the previously canceled Star Wars game. I know people were speculating. Um, I I didn't think this was going to be the case, but the one that was led by Amy Hennig, uh, this is not that game. This was a separate game all along. Man, I wish we were getting that Amy Hennig game also. And then maybe, you know, they bring back uh, 1313, which was going to be a game a few years back. Um, But uh, the game, anyway, with Kale, your lightsaber grows essentially with your character over the the time of the game. So Kale's beat up. He's just basically, we don't know what he's been through, but he is on the run from the Inquisitors, from the Empire. 
and in the trailer we see that that lightsaber is is really messed up. Uh, they also teased how do we know that that's Cal's lightsaber? Uh, it was not recognizable to me. Right. Uh, I know my lightsabers, but it's it's not to say that it's it's they weren't just messing with you you know on stage. Um, anyway, I think it's in the right hands with Vince and his team over at Respawn, and I think Cameron Monaghan's going to give you a great performance. If you don't know who he is, go check him out on Gotham. He's one of my favorite Jokers ever. I think he does a very good job in that role, and I think he's going to bring that passion and fire into to what we're going to see here. Um, are you concerned at all? We don't know how long they've been working on the game. Are you concerned with EA being the publisher at all? Not really, because I trust Respawn. I'm with you. Uh, pretty well. Um, you know, EA is EA is just the publisher for this. Um, the, the, whoever the developer is, in my opinion, means far, far more to the end product here. And Respawn has such a fantastic track record that I feel like we can we can trust them. Are you worried though with the recent stuff from Bioware? Because Bioware, same situation. They're they're sure. their own fall from grace. Uh, yeah, uh, and granted, they had a longer pedigree. Yeah, this you know respawns relatively new, only since two thousand. Titanfall was two thousand fifteen. Yeah, so um, it, there was a lot going on. Obviously, Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't great, and then we got to Anthem, which, for everything I've heard on it is comparable to Andromeda in the way that it's a shell of a game. It wasn't supposed to be called Anthem. It, yeah. Like, you you referenced a great article from Kotaku. And just everything that was going on with Bioware, like, you can't... <clears throat> I think it's hard to produce a good product if you're not at least a little bit either happy or motivated or satisfied at work. And it sounds like none of those three things were happening. The article from Kotaku is one of the most eye-opening things I've read in a very, very long time. I think if it's a lot of stuff we kind of yeah, yeah, anticipated with. And not, I, I, don't, I hate always being the, the guy to point and be like, yeah, you're terrible. But here we are getting what felt like a relatively rushed release to say, all right, Andromeda's over. Let's bring you back Bioware and then they didn't really let them spread their wings yeah, it's just it's a sobering read and if you have the opportunity um, find that piece and read it on Kotaku it's um, it's it, it's quite the read um, depressing but also illuminating at the same time just the and I hate this word because we hear it used so often as a platitude with sports but culture it sounded like the culture over at Bioware was a disaster it matters it definitely matters um Especially, I would imagine, in making a game. Yeah. Because how can you, how can you pour your your time and energy into something that you're just miserable about? You know. However, thankfully, I haven't heard even a rumbling of any kind of trouble at respawn. So, like I said, no. they've they've got my trust. They've got a, for what it's worth, I think a really strong lead, with Vince there. Yes. Uh, he he's the guy. He's a big. He's a big deal. And one of the things among many mentioned in that Kotaku article about Bioware was that leadership was severely lacking during development of Anthem. And that's everything for a, you know, a, a big budget video game blockbuster, AAA title. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. However, however many adjectives I can fit in there to describe a, a project. So my, uh, my, I kind of indirectly pitched away. I, granted, this is at, at the most... Mu- the the smallest level of all of this, but to to kind of pitch a, a a way to save Bioware, not looking at dollars and cents, anything like that. 
was to make a uh, a one of two video games. We either make some sort of uh, Knights of the Old Republic video game, which they could. They absolutely could. Fans would wait for it. Or in my Marvel Gaming Universe article at thegeekiverse.com, I think they'd be a good studio to make a Guardians of the Galaxy video game. And that sounds funny to say, but the mechanics with what you'd see in a game like Mass Effect would translate well to our Guardians. And they are a dialogue-heavy group. And to have those options, we saw a Telltale Games Guardians of the Galaxy venture a few years ago. I think that it's it in theory could work in the right hands. So, you know, hopefully everything goes well at Bioware. I think everything's going very well at Respawn Entertainment. We'll find out uh, just a month before Episode Nine releases, which is uh, an exciting time for Star Wars. And the same week, we'll get The Mandalorian, the the first episode of that. Uh, and we don't know when Clone Wars is coming, but... Uh, That's a good couple months for Star Wars fans. <laughs> yes, it is. I tell you, this weekend reinvigorated me. It really made me feel like uh, like a kid again. Just uh, the stuff I'm passionate about really coming just in, in droves with Star Wars. Um, any any wrap-up thoughts on Fallen Order? No, I think we covered it pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ex- very much I'm excited. Yeah, I think this was a very promising debut for it. That's uh, that's a good way to put it. That's it jumps up to the top of my list, obviously, <laughs> uh, for being my most anticipated game of the fall. So can't wait to see how that plays out. Uh, let us know if uh, if that is a day one purchase for you, or if you're gonna wait uh, just because you you've been burned by EA in the past and you want to build up some goodwill. We'd love to hear from you. Go to Facebook.com/slash The Geekiverse and get in the conversation there. Uh, we are going to wrap things up here on this episode of Geek Scott Game. Just a few things to plug before we do. Uh, Jeff, you're a busy man here at the Geekiverse. What is going on? Where can people find you on social media so they can chat with you? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs and Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. Uh, keep an eye out for my Mortal Kombat 11 review. I will be diving into that uh, shortly, and I'm really looking forward to playing that. I always love i love reviewing fighting games for the geekiverse so i'm looking forward to figuring out this one seeing what the game mechanics are like uh experimenting with the roster and if by some chance you are friends with me on switch or want to be add me and i will gladly play a few rounds with you of mortal kombat 11 once that's out there is a few things greater than watching jeff play a fighting game Uh, i'll tell you that (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I might get into it a little bit. You might it's, say I get a little into it. It's real into it. It's awesome. It's fun. It's passionate. Uh, Jump Force was my uh, one of my favorite sessions we had. However, watching him play online in Soul Calibur, and, and not, he, I don't even think he was cursing. He was just yelling words at the TV and jumping up and down. Uh, no, I was probably swearing. <laughs> I probably was swearing. Some of the most fun I, I've had uh, in this, uh, some of the games we review. So, um We've, uh, we've got Nickel City Con coming up. We mentioned that before. Uh, May 17th, 18th, and 19th at the Buffalo Niagara Convention Center. If you don't live in the area, get here. Just spend a day with us. Uh, or if you are in the area, buy a three-day pass. Uh, we'd, we'd love to see it. Tickets available now at NickelCityCon.com. Uh, our friends from 26 Shirts will also be in attendance this year. So they'll read who you heard on our Shazam spoiler cast. By the way, I think we should take some credit here. Shazam is still killing it. I know. At the box office. Second weekend in a row. And we uh, we got to see it early. Yes. And we, we wrote the review. We we released our spoiler cast. I think that Goodwill was enough to really propel it to sure, the top. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that credit. Yeah, absolutely. Two You're, weekends in a row, number one at the box office. You're welcome, Zachary Levi. Uh, seriously, go see that movie. 
It is great. Instant classic. Uh, we've got a lot coming up on the non-video game side of things if you are a Marvel fan. Can you believe we're going to see Endgame by the time the next episode of Geek's Got Game appears? doesn't feel real yet. No, it doesn't. I try to think back to Infinity War, and I, 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 I don't know what to feel. And it's not going to feel real even once we're done seeing it, that you know the Infinity Saga, as they call it, is, is over. Infinity War feels... Like that that is a movie I think about constantly. Like if, if someone mentions it or like right now that we're talking about it, there's just there's so many moments from that movie that pop up and I can't imagine where we're gonna go with Endgame. I can't imagine. Well the cultural impact of these two movies alone, never mind the whole MCU, is just profound. Unbelievable. It's pervasive. It is just it's insane. So I was I was thinking the other day too, two thousand nineteen, we're saying goodbye. To the Avengers? Yes. I actually saw somebody post this on social media recently. Uh, I, I, It just... Game of Thrones. Game, which, yes. You know, it was that's big. It was Game of Thrones, and Avengers, and... The Skywalkers. With right. St- How unbelievable is that? Oh. And and hopefully not John Wick. Oh, God. Oh. I didn't even think of that one until oh, you just, just said hit me it. Down. Stop it. <laughs> so, yeah, John Wick 3. I can't wait. So, uh, no. John Wick Chapter... Oh, that's probably happening. That's all right. We love you, Keanu. Uh, you can check out an article I wrote. There's a lot of Star Wars coverage from Star Wars Celebration. We've got an official hub. So what that is, it's an article that contains all of the links, the the announcements, the trailers, the reveals from the weekend that was Star Wars Celebration 2019. We're recording this on Monday. It's actually still going on, or it's just wrapping up now. Uh, but I wrote an article, 18 Observations from the Rise of Skywalker trailer. There's a lot that goes on in my head when I see a new bit of Star Wars content. Some of it's true. Some of it, it just ends up being speculation. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm right on a, a lot of these points, though. Go check that out. Tell me what you think. Um, I, I, I can't wait for December. Like I forgot about Avengers coming out next week because of, of what we've seen with this trailer. Uh, what do, you, do you like the title, Rise of uh, Skywalker? I don't like the the. And that sounds so weird to say. But I... I, I I, just, I don't like the... Yeah, I could have done the, without that. The, yeah. So just Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, Sounds I feel better like I to would me. like that a lot more than The Rise of Skywalker. I think... Um, let's see here. If they said Rise of the Skywalker, sure. that would have been... Yeah, it's just... I don't know why, tough. but there's, uh, there's not too many cases where I like a The starting the title of something. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, well, they, okay. No, I'm with you. Yeah, and, but it's just like, you know, I don't outright hate it but like whatever i think of like for example my favorite series legend of zelda i never i feel like i never pronounce the the when i'm talking to someone just casually in conversation i just say zelda or legend of zelda it's like not I always never, necessary I, yeah like i never bothered mentioning the the or like lord of the rings i just see what i just did i just <laughs> said lord of the rings i didn't yeah. say the lord of the rings i, I did um the rush hour four <laughs> i like it Let's keep it. The John Wick 3. <laughs> the Detective Pikachu. The Deadpool. That would have been good. I uh, Even Joker isn't doing it. It's just... That's kind of amazing It's to just me. Joker. I'm surprised that that is just Joker. What, what do you think of that trailer, by the way? I, uh, I, Are I you s- on board? I have said, and I maintain this, I don't know exactly where we're going to get out of this movie, but I am optimistic. Me too. And I... I I'm excited for it. I'm not like going crazy because like, again, we're getting Star Wars. We're getting Avengers. John Wick is big yeah. for us. But um, like I, 
I am. Like, I'm going to be there. I am relentlessly intrigued. I still don't know exactly what we're getting out of this movie, but I am incredibly intrigued, and I do, I, I really, really respect Joaquin Phoenix's uh, scope as an actor. He range, nailed, he nailed range, the laugh. Range is the word I was looking for there, and I completely whiffed on it. Range it's is okay. an actor. He, he nailed that laugh in that, yes. that trailer. Yes. Oh, it feels so good to hear a maniacal Joker laugh again. Yeah. I, uh, sorry, I'm not excited. sorry, Heath Ledger and Jared Leto. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I uh, can't wait for that one, too, the more we talk about it. But a great year for movies. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Josiah DeLaRoy. Same on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is where most of our fans are. We'd love to see you there. Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse. Uh, get in the discussion there. Um, community is a, a, a big buzzword for us this year. Uh, like I mentioned before, we're debuting our fifth anniversary T-shirt, limited edition. Only a hundred of those are going to be made. Uh, you can get your hands on one at Nickel City Con, or uh, shortly after that, you'll be able to go to thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com. You'll be able to to order those there. There are a few uh, fourth anniversary shirts left. We have a f- uh, just a handful left. Uh, if there's one of those that you'd like to get, it is based on the Fantastic Four, uh, which is a favorite franchise of Pete, who co-owns the Geekiverse. Um, so for year five, I'm not going to give away uh, where the design influence is coming from, but if you are a fan of the fandoms that I appreciate most, I think you'll you'll enjoy it, especially with what we talked about on today's episode. So I don't think there's anything else except for Patreon. I almost forgot. I didn't write it down. Patreon.com. What am I doing? Patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Geekiverse. Go there. You can look at or subscribe to one of a number of different levels, which uh, on a monthly basis helps out the Geekiverse. Uh, there are ex- exclusive perks and rewards that you can unlock at each uh, subsequent level. Uh, even a dollar a month goes a long way for us. Um, I don't know why Jeff's smirking right now. It's like he knows what kind of question I'm going to ask him. Uh, but that being said, Jeff, if people were to go to patreon.com slash geekiverse and subscribe to us, what would it help us accomplish? Keeps the electricity running. Wait, oh! wait, wait, that's not it. Oh my gosh. Wait, that was totally wrong, wasn't it? That was totally wrong. It helps us keep the lights on. I can't on. believe he said that. But you know what? I, maybe we'll we'll change that for... Uh, you know, everyone says keep the lights on, but it's true. It's true. We need it. You don't want to podcast in the dark like a bunch of That's weird idiots, <laughs> bunch of cool idiots. Uh, so uh, again, we would appreciate if you you check that out. Tell a friend about it. It uh, goes a long way for us. Or go to uh, the web store and pick up shirts. I had something else snappy to say. Oh yes, this is how I'm signing off. Yeah. For my award-winning author friend Jeff Pavlock, I'm Josiah. We'll catch you next episode. Enjoy Endgame. Don't spoil it for anybody. Don't do it. Hashtag Thanos demands your silence. We'll see you later. Relationship with marriage or
you'll be better on your own But you should know oh, 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 That you'll die standing alone And now I'm skipping like a broken racket While you're tripping, tripping over your words Are you listening? You should know oh, 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 There's some people that stand alone Every day I know it And I'm saying Is it all for you? Push me away because you feel like you'll be better on your own. But you should know oh, 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 that you'll die standing alone. And now I'm skipping like a broken racket while you're tripping, tripping over your words. Are you listening? You should know oh, 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 that some people die standing You guys are alone, and 